The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Pebble Beach. Not a pro-am. I uh, uh, intentionally omitted that. And joining me to break it all down, Sia Najad is here. Sia, what up? How are you? I uh, We talked before the show. I'm lamenting my plight after James Hahn was up three strokes, and I had a live play on him for a lot of money. And it didn't work out. I think there's somebody else here that it didn't work out for, too, with respect to James Hahn. Uh, James Hahn uh, has given me nightmares here. But the reason we're actually a couple minutes late is because I asked Greg Ducharme, who is also here, how many shots he would need standing on 11T to close out the Waste Management Open. And he convinced himself and he convinced us it's only three. Greg, welcome. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I would say three (laughs) shots. Well, thank you. Thank you. Great to be here again. Um, Welcome, everybody. Uh, yeah, three shots with eight to play, and I convert that uh, my own game, and I get I get to hit some balls. I get like a week's notice at least, maybe two right. weeks notice, uh, and a practice round or two, two pra- All right, two practice rounds, two weeks notice. All right, I'll actually say, and you can and you can play however many holes that day, so you can get the conditions that you want. Ooh, okay, you can get you can get them um, dialed in, you know. I can dial it in. All right. So yeah, I'll get a full round under my belt. So I'll go to 11 and if I don't like where I, I'll do it in the morning. If I don't (laughs) like where I am, I'll start at one again after lunch and then I'll get a second crack at it so I can kind of get things in check. Okay. So these are optimal conditions. I'm saying three strokes. So I'm at 22 under where Han is at 19 and I convert that to a victory, not a playoff because a playoff's a loss. (laughs) Yes, it is. I convert it to a victory. (laughs) 80 80% 80% of the time. Oh, man. Don't you wish like, we could just make this happen? I'd li- I'd I mean, re- I'm feeling like I should go 66.6% of the time. Like, just <laughs> four out of five seems like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run away from Brooks Kepka four out of five times. I, I it's just, a big lead. It's a I big just lead. tagged Brooks Kepka, by the way. So, <laughs> oh, God. He's got a couple going. majors coming now. I uh, We all agreed that Brooks would uh, slap Greg around in a playoff. So, we were all oh, on yeah. the same page. We were all well, you the gotta, same if page. I'm, if I'm in a playoff, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding oil. I'm, I'm 22 <laughs> under at that point. Right? It's not, not, Brooks is at what, 13 under th- by then? It, it, it would be bad. It's a lot of strokes. That's all That's I'm saying. I know it's aggressive. It's tough conditions, <laughs> but man, I got to think, I got to think four out of five, I could do it. All right. Well, we'll never see it happen. I wish we could, but I trust you, Greg. Um, <laughs> all right. Don't forget. Here's, here's a little professional tease. You can win a free year of sports line in this episode. We're giving it away. So we've got some instructions for you. Those will come later in the show. The guys over at Sportline, Sportsline absolutely killing it. I you know, contribute a little bit over there as well. Uh, but the basketball stuff has been unbelievable. But let's talk about 
golf and we head back to california we're headed to the iconic pebble beach we are getting the same thing we saw at the american express the same thing we saw at tory pines we are getting a two course rotation between the iconic pebble beach which is going to play host and then spy glass hill which will be one round on either thursday or friday for the field see this is uh not only a a staple on the pga tour schedule but it's a very unique course particularly pebble beach very small greens it's on the uh, much shorter side than, than a lot of courses we get on the pga tour and we've seen uh both kind of bombers and at times short hitters find themselves having a lot of success around here yeah which i think gives you liberty from a dfs perspective to kind of lean on guys that you like i mean i think you could definitely target some longer hitters here i mean obviously we'll talk about dj in a little bit but there's you know the cam davises of the world the sam burns but then there's shorter hitters that i think are definitely in play too so i i honestly for me i think i'm going to lean on maybe some of the shorter hitters that that I just generally like and we'll talk about them later on the show but again I think this gives you liberty to to choose the off the tee guys that go long uh, or you know some of the approaching around the green guys that, that are really good with the short game shot link the system that the PGA Tour uses uh, to determine strokes gained and you can follow along and see exactly how far everyone is only going to see that at Pebble Beach Greg do you think there's only one set of shot link lasers that exist in the entire world do you think that's why they do that oh I imagine it's <laughs> gotta be a it's gotta be a cost thing yeah right? it, has to it, be. Just, it has to be because um, typically the biggest the biggest events are typically on one course Right. So if you're like, it, it's a, it's an interesting investment. And I think they find that it works. I, I, I think there will be a day where they have shot link on every course because you're going to start to see what every player is doing and you're right. going to need a little bit of data to go along with it. So in this data driven world, I think we're, we're within five years. I think you have shot link on every shot uh, in or outside of the country. Okay, Greg has now guaranteed he can hold a three-shot lead, and he has also guaranteed that we will have shot link on every course in the next five years. I love it, Greg. I'll, I'll let you put a bow on the courses here. Uh, we're back on Poana, so it, you you know what that means. It's it's a different animal trying to putt, trying to read putts, trying to read the grip. I mean, it's just different. Some guys love it. Some guys hate it, uh, but it is certainly notable. I think if you remember back to the U.S. Open uh, at Pebble Beach, it, it's a lot. it's getting a lot better. It's a, a lot less bumpy but that does depend if it gets really dry and really burn out and there's a lot of traffic it can stand up a little bit but i think with reduced traffic because it's not a pro-am anymore uh and and i also think um you know a more experienced foot track pro-ams can really chew up greens in a mm -hmm. hurry i think the greens are getting better i think it's becoming less and less of a factor as time rolls along especially at pebble the greens in 2019 at the u.s open were so smooth um, it really didn't play too much of a role. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But I think over time as well, those greens, you're going to continue to see them play more like a normal kind of event. There is one water hazard, one official water hazard on the course. It is the Pacific Ocean. You certainly do not want to hit your ball into that. And you can catch Saturday and Sunday coverage on CBS. There's more ways to watch than ever. Watch over boring old television, or you can watch by streaming your local CBS station on CBS All Access for free on CBSSports.com or for free on the CBS, CBS Sports app. Plenty of options. Speaking of options, see, let's jump into the player pool. The $10,000 range is highlighted 
by Dustin Johnson at $12,000, the most expensive we have seen any golfer since Justin Thomas at last year's Sony Open. Uh, Patrick Cantlay is 11300 Paul Casey, 10004 Daniel Berger, an uncharacteristic, popular, missed cuts from last week. What do you see in the 10K range? Yeah, I mean, I really hate to just say, hey, you know, take Dustin Johnson, but I don't really see I've built some lineups already. And just from a win equity standpoint, I just think he outclasses all three of these guys. If I was going to pivot away from Dustin Johnson, I think I'd probably be leaning on Patrick Cantley. I do want to say, listen, we talked about Daniel Berger. I think most of us liked Daniel Berger last week. I think the DFS industry, just at you know the players, I think as a whole, I don't think they'll be off Daniel Berger necessarily just because he missed a cut. Because I think the higher the range, the more expensive or the more talented the golfer, the more likely that some of these, a lot of these DFS players will probably go back. And I say that relative to maybe some guy who was in the 7K range that maybe wronged you. you you'll probably be off him, but you'll probably stay on a guy like Berger. But with all of that said, I'm looking at this screen right now, Rick, and from a win equity <laughs> standpoint, Berger seems like the, the lowest grade guy here. And that's not really – I'm not trying to be disrespectful to his game, but we just saw Casey win. You know, Patrick Cantley has been very good lately. He's a Cali kid, and so he's going to feel relatively at home. And then Dustin Johnson is really just the king of the mountain at this point. So I like DJ and Cantley the best here. Dustin Johnson's going to make the trek back from Saudi Arabia where, oh, by the way, yeah, he won, won that again. He opens up at a lot of sports books at four to one. Greg, uh, here in William Hill and Nevada's three and a half to one to put that into perspective. That is the shortest we've seen any golfer in a full field event, probably in the last three or four years. I started going back. I couldn't find anybody in this range for quite some time. Are we silly to not just be like, just just lock button, just get Dustin Johnson in there. He's by far the best player in the field. He's got this unbelievable course history. He's being priced accordingly by books. He's only $12,000. Jam him in. Well, he has to win at that price, <laughs> right? Yeah. You, you play, he has to. So I, there's a, there are a lot of lines. I love DJ this week, but there's a lot of ways he doesn't win this tournament to me. And I, I mean, I, I look back at his recent form here um, his course history is generally very good. Um, well, should I say his tournament history is generally very good, but at, at Pebble Beach specifically, in the last five years, he has one round in the 60s, 2017 on Sunday, 68. He's got a 78 on Sunday last year, 71, 72, 71. Um, a couple of other rounds that have been um, that have been, I would say a little more difficult and pebble is a trick. It can be tricky, right? It's a smaller golf course with really small greens that are, that are tricky. And it's, I, I just, I don't think it's a sure enough bet to go on to, to jump all over DJ, especially because mm. the, this field seems a little top heavy to me. And I just have a hard time finding really good, solid um, value plays at the other end of the board that I like enough to, to, um, supplement this so am i out on dj am i a no am i a fade deep yes i'm i'm a fade wow DJ. wow okay i'm a, um, I feel it's spicy today hot <laughs> you are very spicy i i like this version of uh greg ducharme okay so he, here's the thing with with dustin johnson um uh, he wins again in saudi arabia the, the the pricing is kind of weird here because we've and we've been talking about this for for months 
Draft case has been really soft on the pricing recently, and I'm actually kind of shocked they even got him to 12,000 here. I think in previous years, five years ago, he would have been over twelve thousand uh, dollars. I think it's it's kind of fair. Cantlay's so interesting to me because there's not a big enough gap between his his DraftKings pricing and his actual outright odds. So it's weird. I would actually just rather bet Patrick Cantlay to win this golf tournament than actually take the only $700 discount. But Paul Casey, I think is really interesting, Sia, because you, you kind of mentioned the fact that he won two weeks ago. And I wonder how many people realize that, right? So he, he, he won, he played two events in the Middle East. He went, he won one of them and then finished 12th last week. And he is obviously a great ball striker. I wonder if, is, is he just the odd man out in this group? Yeah, and he probably shouldn't be, to your point. And by the way, he was eighth at the American Express, and his history here is excellent. I mean, last year wasn't so good. He made the cut barely, but in 2019, a second-place finish, 2018, an eighth-place finish. So he really checks all the boxes, if you will. He's just not a big name like these other three guys are. So I think Paul Casey's a really smart play. And to Greg's point, I think you could play Paul Casey, especially – in maybe some of these like MMEs, these big DFS tournaments, you know, it would be smart from a game theory standpoint to fade Dustin Johnson and, and maybe take a guy like Paul Casey as your horse. I mean, I, that that certainly makes sense. So I support it, it from that sense. If I'm in like maybe a smaller tournament with my friends or a high stakes tournament or something like that, then maybe I'm just kind of lock buttoning in, you know, Dustin Johnson. But I think Paul Casey's a really smart play. Okay, I'd so he's my guy in this range. Okay, so I want I want each of you to to rank these guys. So rank them one through four, the order in which you are most likely to uh, to roster them. And Sia, we'll start with you. I hate to do it like this, but it's in the order that they're on the screen. DJ, okay. Patrick Cantley, Paul Casey, and then Daniel Berger. Okay, Greg. So I'm going to go in order of guys that I'm going to play. Paul Casey, Patrick Cantley, Dustin Johnson, and Daniel Berger, who broke my heart. Probably means he's going to win this week. But last week, I mean, I, I, he was just so perfect last week. He, he was the guy, and he, um, and he kind of folded down the stretch to miss the cut by one. So yeah, that that's my. I'm kind of going a little, a little bit reverse from Paul Casey on. on. I would probably go DJ Berger Casey Cantlay, but I'll bet Cantlay. Like I, I really like it. I just don't like his his salary here relative to these other guys. So that's kind of the way that I'll that I'll. Uh, present that the $9,000 range <laughs> Willie Z Will Zalatoris is all up in this $9,000 range 9,900 Jordan Spieth his best finish in over a year last week is 97 Jason Day who has been unbelievable at Pebble Beach is 95 Siwoo Kim just a winner a few weeks ago 9,400 Francesco Molinari 93 Ricky Fowler 92 Sam Burns 9,100 and Cameron Davis at 9,000 Greg will start with you let's talk about the top Will Zalatoris, Jordan Spieth. Um, wow. I think this is I think those two are gonna be pretty polarizing options for this week. Yeah, very, very popular options. And again, it's for good reason. Will Zalatoris has just been so good week in and week out. He's proven to be um, a, a really consistent commodity. And I think if he had different standing on the PGA Tour, he would be priced a little bit higher. But you look at his recent finishes, um, 17th last week, 7th at the um, at the Farmers Insurance Open. And, and last year, he had a number of top 10s in a row, which was extremely impressive. So I think we're realizing that Will Zalatoris is the real deal, and he's a great iron player, and he's a great... Um, he, he's a great TD green player. So you got to love Will Zalatoris, but I mean, are you really not going to jump on the Jordan speed bandwagon? <laughs> I mean, I feel like you have to jump on, I'm going to hold on with two hands because one, we saw an improvement in the iron play Two, I think we saw Jordan Spieth having fun again, and he's getting rid of 
this big shot to the right that really, that really, really hurts him. And I think he last week was a real stepping stone for him. And you're going to see him take advantage of his strengths this week. And iron play and short game are two really important elements out here. And so I, I for me, Spieth's a, he, I, I think you got to take the chance and, and play him. That's what I think is, is so interesting here. If if we saw what he did last week and then we were going to Torrey Pines this week, I'd be like, oh man, that's that's not great. He's going to just spray it all over the place and he's going to be in trouble. But, you know, this isn't a long course. He is uh, probably able to make up a lot of the strokes that he's going to lose off the tee around the greens and on the greens. I mean, we're talking about 3,500 square feet. These are like, if not the smallest, one of the three smallest greens on the PGA Tour. It, it, it's I think there's actually viable reasons to play Jordan Spieth this week, even though he gets a significant price increase, Sia. But then you look at you look at the way his game is translated, right? He won this event in 2017. He's never missed the cut. He's played here eight times, and he has seven top 25s. I mean, this is a place he's had plenty of success at. It, it is, but this is a classic case for me of now I'm chasing points. Now I'm chasing what I saw last week, and I just don't believe it with Jordan Spieth. And and by the way, he really was good with his irons and with his putter, but he was pretty awful off the tee, right? So I just think he's going to get in more trouble this week because just circumstantially, you can't have that success on a consistent basis if you're that bad off the tee and if you're that wayward off the tee and just not even close to the fairway. So it's one of those things, I understand if you want to be on Jordan Spieth, but I feel like I'm chasing something that 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 might be a mirage. I'm not saying Jordan's not going to find his form. I'm just not sure he's found it yet. So for me, I, I agree with the Will Zalatoris play. I don't love this range in general. So I think what I'm going to be doing is maybe taking a top guy and then maybe starting in the 8K range. But if I was going to lean on another guy other than Will Zalatoris, I think it would probably be Francesco Molinari. I mean, Sam Burns is interesting to me as well. Um, but those are the only other two guys that I'm really interested in. Again, I'm probably going to be off Jordan Spieth here. Uh, Molinari is interesting. He's coming off back-to-back -to -back top 10 finishes. This is not a particularly long course, which I think is, is better for Molinari. Historically, he's he's had a pretty good short game. The putter is kind of a little wonky at times, but if he can figure that out, no problem. Speaking of putters being wonky, Greg, you and I were uh, texting about this. Usually not a great sign when a guy uh, starts changing putters a lot. And Ricky Fowler was, I think at this, I think I heard was borrowing his caddy's blade putter on Friday uh, last week in Phoenix. He ends up missing the cut. I mean, there's just not a lot of confidence coming from the Fowler camp right now. No, no. And this is one of those where just like Spieth, sometimes you just have to be, you have to be late. Right. And we're, we've got some, and, and Kepka too, right? You, there was no reason to pick Kepka last week. There was no reason to pick Spieth last week. Um, I mean, maybe at Tory, maybe like the first event of the year, you say it's a prediction that they figured something out in the off season and you take a shot at it. But, um, but right now for Fowler, no, I mean, it, it, this is another one of those cases where the name is raising the price significantly higher than it should be. Um, I, you just have to be a little careful because I think we, the three of us, had that talk last week about Brooks Kepka and what his price would be. Yeah, we said, uh, we, said uh, we tried to guess what his price would be, which would it have was, been a really good seven. Value. We, we were somewhere in the what high sevens, mid to high seven. I think that's I think. where we settled. Yeah, I think that's yeah. where we settled. So you got to be a little careful with that, but I don't, I'm, I'm not crazy about Ricky. I will throw my hat in the ring for Sam Burns here. Uh, I'm glad you brought him up, Sia. I, I want to try to illustrate how good he has been in short spurts. So he has played 10 rounds this year, 2021 of those 10 rounds, four of them, he has gained at least three and a half shots 
in a single round. That's insane. That's bonkers. That's a ton. The only other guys who have that many rounds, four or more, gaining that many strokes, three and a half or more, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Siwoo Kim. Siwoo Kim won a golf tournament, so that that kind of makes sense. It's a short list, see? I mean, Sam Burns, if he can put... 3.75 rounds together. Uh, he might top five this thing. If he puts four rounds together, he might just win it. Yeah. And the thing about Sam Burns that I love the most is we don't, we haven't seen his, his cap. We haven't seen the, the full extent of his upside yet because he hasn't really put those four rounds together. I mean, again, I, I kind of always say this on the show. There's a guy maybe in the 8K or, or the 7K range where I say, hey, in a year, we're going to be talking about this guy like he's elite. And I think Sam Burns, you know, I think he's in that type of conversation. So I, I don't love his volatility, but you're kind of banking on volatility when you're playing a DFS tournament. I mean, you, you have to play for the upside. You can't just play the safe play all the time. So I like Sam Burns. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to overload him. I, I might be a little overweight on him versus the field, depending on how the percentages come out. But I like Sam Burns quite a bit. We have to talk about Jason Day, uh, who is, he has played twice since the new season. So that was a long time ago. So we saw him at the RSM. Then it was basically uh, however many weeks off. And then he's missed two consecutive cuts, Greg. But you look at course history. Jason Day's course history uh, is everything but a win. He has seven top tens in 11 starts. In his last six years, his worst finish, T11. It's It's wild. Yeah, it really is. Um, and it speaks to the small greens almost, they mitigate his weakness, which has been iron play. And they put a premium sometimes on, look, if you're really accurate with your irons, it can be an advantage. But a lot of players miss greens. It's not dissimilar to what you see at Torrey Pines, even though it's a, a much shorter golf course where short game becomes really important. You have to know how to scramble because you're going to be faced with some short-sided pitches out of the rough. And you're going to be faced with, um, unique shots. And so guys with great short games like Phil Mickelson, like Jason Day, um, like Jordan Spieth, they have success here for that reason. So it, Jason Day makes a lot of sense. But I'm just, I'm, I'm very concerned with um, with the coach change. And now I feel like they're, they're Jason Day is kind of going through a reset right mm -hmm. now. Um, and, and it's like betting a football team that's in a rebuild year. So I, I don't think Jason Day long-term is necessarily concerning. The nice thing is we're not talking about his health. Right. Uh, but I, I'm just, is it going to, it'd be, it, it'd seem very lucky if this week was a great week for him. Not saying it's not possible, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more hesitant. I thought, I thought at the farmers where he also has a great course history, we were going to see a really nice performance because again, short game's really important and putting's really important and all that. Um, but here I kind of feel like I, I lost my mojo with the performance at the farmers. Okay. Um, we're going to jump down to the 8K range. I have a free year, way to win a free year for Sportsline. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance 
Tournament's jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. And we're back. Eight thousand dollars on DraftKings. this tier is kicked off by kevin strillman followed by max homa goes all the way down to the aforementioned james hansia and matthew neesmith this is um man this i find this to be the most difficult range here i know if you're trying to uh get somebody up above 10k your your next uh, you know natural landing spot might be here in the eights who's moving the needle for you yeah, so there's a couple guys here. We mentioned James Hahn from last week, and I don't. I think I mentioned that James Hahn was one of my guys. As I started to like dig a little deeper, I, I thought James Hahn just it felt like a really good play, and it ended up being a really good play in more ways than one. But there was another guy I liked last week a lot, and I don't want to pivot off of him just because he missed the cut and was basically terrible last week because the four tournaments prior to that, he was very good. I think he's just an up and coming guy or, you know, he's kind of rebounding from being away from the game a little bit. And that guy's name is Chris Kirk. And, and I, mm-hmm. I understand he let anybody who rostered him. And, and part of the reason I rostered him, frankly, last week, because he wasn't very popular. So I don't think a lot of people had their heart hearts broken because of Chris Kirk, but I'm going to go back to Chris Kirk because again, if I liked a guy last week, I, I do feel like I have to stick with him. I probably won't be, on James Hahn because I don't know maybe it's just because he broke my heart and I had a live bet play on him and, and I could have won a lot of money but you know he's he's going to be in a couple of lineups but I also like Matt Jones I think Matt Jones has been striking the ball really well lately uh, the last time he was here I believe he had a fifth place finish uh, his finishes here over the last five years have been pretty good overall um, so that's another guy and Cameron Tringali is another guy that is generally pretty good with his irons and is generally kind of underpriced. Now here he's 8,500, I believe, and that's not underpriced. But again, this is all relative to the field. So those are a few guys that are that are moving the needle for me. 
Sia likes Chris Kirk so much that he could not wait to the 7K section, which is oh. where Chris Kirk actually is at $7,900. He had to force him into the 8K race. That's how <laughs> that's good, how- <laughs> that's how impressed <laughs> Sia is with Chris Kirk this week. He's getting him in here. He's going to pay more for him. That's right. Yeah. Now you have to, I, you have I to like get- it. You have to give an extra $100 or leave $100 on the table in your lineups. Greg, uh, I want to get your thoughts on um, uh, – you know what? I'm not even going to spoil your your thought process here. I'm going to give you a blank slate. Who who in this 8K range is someone that you're excited about playing and who is someone that you are probably staying away from? Uh, Well, um, sadly, I think Phil Mickelson's a guy that I'm staying away from, and it seems so obvious. And I don't mean to – to to shoot at phil or anything but it's just course history only kicks you so far so i'm probably staying away from that i need a little bit more i need another box especially when you're in this place where the 9k range can get left out if you go with a cantlay if you go with a dj you're the 9k range gets kind of like you said rick it's a natural landing spot so kevin streelman to me is very exciting um and and yes he's at the very high end of the 8k range but it's uh i think it i think he deserves it um he's he's playing quite well of late he came in second place last year 37th at the farmers um and 22nd at the waste management phoenix open it's just been steady play so i look at kevin streelman and his ball striking ability um and his 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 enjoyment at this kind of golf course i think kevin streelman is a is a really nice play um, and Max Homa as well had a really nice finish last year. And we're kind of in that place for Max Homa where last year he r- rattled off all those top 15 finishes in a row. And I do think you could see it again here this week. Although I worry that Max Homa might be a little popular. Um, last Sunday, maybe a 70, a 100 par 70 on Sunday may kind of keep his popularity down. He ended up in 42nd place, but I'd go back to the well with Homa. Um, so those two guys right at the top, I, I could go with Streelman. I could go with Homa. And then I just wanted to give you one other guy down a little bit who I would take a chance on mm-hmm. depending if I could, if I was fitting two guys into my eight K range, I may go with the guy like Alex Noren. Um, and, and he stands out to me for, you know, it, it's not too exciting. He came and tied 32nd last year in this event. Um, and as for his recent form, he has a 37th at the farmers and a 40th at the American express. But I think his game as a whole kind of fits this place where he's a really good putter and he's pretty decent around the greens. Now, statistic, um, he also he's got a couple of top 20 finishes this year. He had three before the shutdown. So I think Alex Noren's a guy that is better than what he's been playing. He's better than his statistics. I think he's just a better player than his value. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him um, pop up near the top of the leaderboard this week. Nice. Yeah. You guys hit a lot of uh, the guys that I had on my short list as well. Unfortunately for Phil, a five time winner at this event doesn't uh, doesn't go as far anymore when you're trying to plug all of the holes in his game. Unfortunately, uh, Kevin Streelman, let's talk about him. He was uh, seventh in the field in strokes gain approach last week. He's been phenomenal at uh, at Pebble Beach in his career, no worse than a T17 in any of his last five starts here. So he's certainly going to be popular and it's going to be warranted. And then I kind of looked out at the bottom of this range and, and see, I want to get your thoughts on one more guy. Here's Matthew Neesmith. Matthew Neesmith uh, made my core lineup last week. It paid off. I asked for 
ball strikers last week. That's what I went with. And Matthew Neesmith has been great with his irons. He finished seventh. Uh, he finished 11th here last year. There's kind of a couple of, of, of schools of thought for this week. You can either be a great approach player and try to just hit as many of these small fairways as you can, but if you're, or, or small greens as you can, excuse me, but if you're going to miss them, you better be able to get up and down. So there's kind of like, Two very distinct ways you could go about building your lineups this week. Neesmith obviously falling into the ball striking category. So I like Neesmith, but but I will say, you know, there's so many more guys in the 8K range I like more. I mean, granted, most of those guys are way more than 8,000 in terms of price, but I, I think Neesmith is fine. That might be another case where, where I feel like I'm chasing last week's points, because if you look at the few tournaments before that, I mean, he was pretty bad with a couple of missed cuts and a, and a 48th place finish. But to your point, I mean, he he fared very well here last year. So it, it seems like a course that could suit him. Seems like his iron game was on point last year when he played here. So I like him. And I do want to point out, Rick, another guy that I really like, just from a pure ball striking standpoint, Henrik Norlander is crushing it off the tee. He's crushing it oh, on yeah. approach. And he's got three top 25s in his last three tournaments. I mean, I think, again, this is I almost put him in the Sam Burns ilk where we're not sure what his upside is. We're not sure where his cap is, but it could be really, really high. So that's another guy I really like in this 8K range. Love Norlander. Yeah, he's been super, super solid. Uh, before we jump down to the 7K range, let me try to let you win a free year to Sportsline. We are giving out five yearly subscriptions, one for every time Phil Mickelson has one at Pebble Beach, and you can get yours absolutely for free uh there are award-winning picks you've got the patented sports line model it's it's unbelievable stuff all you have to do is leave a five-star review in apple Podcasts on the first cut pretty simple drop in a review and a player to make the cut this week at at&t pebble beach leave your twitter handle in the review that way you know we can get a hold of you and then make sure you're following at first cut pod on twitter so that we can get in touch with you and tell you that you've won so very simple steps to get yourself in a drawing for a free year subscription to Sportsline. Dropping down to the 7K range. We know Chris Kirk is in the 7K range and Sia loves him. We've got Matt Kuchar, who is now gone. He has withdrawn from this event. He was plugged into the $7,900 spot as well. It goes all the way down to Sam Ryder, Ryan Armour, Johnny Vegas. Greg, we'll start with you. Who in the 7K range has caught your eye? Uh, I'm going this. I never, you know, Rick, I never do this. This oh, almost boy. violates one of my golden rules. But like I said, I'm feeling a little spicy today and I'm feeling a little Nick Taylor. Uh, wow. I, I think, I think Nick Taylor is a viable option here this week, which again, I never do it. He missed defending, the cut last defending week. champion. That's why that's, that's the, the storyline here. Nick Taylor's your yes. defending champion. Yeah. Nothing against Nick Taylor. Nothing against Canadians. It's just, it, <laughs> right. he's the defending champion. I don't pick guys that won last week and I don't pick guys that won the year before. I generally speaking, it just happens so rarely, but I think at this price, Nick Taylor doesn't need to win again. He doesn't need to defend. We know he's not going to go out there and defend, but if he finishes anywhere near what he does typically here, I think it'll be a great spot for him. He was tied 30th in 2016, tied 10th in 2017. He missed the cut in 18, tied 28th in 19, and of course he won last year. Uh, if I could get somewhere, uh, if a, a top 25 out of Nick Taylor this week, I think that would be great. And the recent form, I wouldn't say it's great. It's certainly not alarming. He was 11th at the Sony Open, um, 47th at the American Express with a couple of uh, difficult rounds on the weekend. So he, he got himself in contention. Weekend bug kind of got, uh, got rid of him. He came in 47th and then um, a pair of 70s last week. 
missed the cut by one. It's not overly concerning to me. So I look at Nick Taylor. I look at the, um, the course history and the slightly better than mediocre recent form. And I think he's a great play. Very interesting. Nick Taylor, uh, I always see him pop up on leaderboards. And I'm like, oh, is he going to do He went wire to wire here last year, right? Like straight up, yeah. one, just took it away from everybody, which yeah. I found out. Did you know, did you guys know, if you are tied at any point for the lead after any round, you did not go wire to wire? Wow. Oh. I didn't know that. I, I thought it was these are co-leads. No, it is technically not, which is why when Dustin Johnson won at the Masters, he did not go wire to wire because I believe he was tied after round one with somebody else. There you go. Wasn't there a point where there was like a nine-way tie uh, for the lead? That, that wasn't at the end of a round, though. But anyway, it might have been at the end of a day. It might have been at the end of a day because there was that uh, rounds two oh, and that's three. Right. They had to restart. Like It was the cut. It was, it, it was going into round three because they finished up the cut right. like Saturday morning or whatever. Crazy. There you go. Little information. So Nick Nick Taylor, uh, I'd have to look. Might be the last guy who's gone wire to wire on the PGA Tour, but it's a, a very difficult feat to accomplish. Okay. See, so looking in this seven uh, K range a little bit further, I I have a name that I'm I'm begging for someone to talk me out of because I've convinced myself. It's Ches Revy week, and he is seventy five hundred dollars. Obviously, a short course. Here is the. Here is the stat that I've that I've dug into. So I went and I sorted the database and I said, okay, let me see guys who play well on small greens because that's exactly what we have at Pebble Beach. So I defined that as basically anything under 6,000 square feet. Uh, then I said, okay, give me anybody who's good on small greens and on POA. And granted, there's very few rounds for a lot of these guys. Ches Rivi has 21 rounds that qualify for that, gaining over two strokes per round. That's enough for me. I mean, we are down. This is a very top-heavy field where um, it falls off a cliff very early, and we are throwing darts even in the 7K range. We're going to throw even more darts in the 6K range. That's enough for me to hang my hat on. I, I like it. I just counter with the recent form. I mean, it's been so bad. And that's kind of the issue there where I feel like I can find better candidates in this 7K range. I don't know if I mentioned like Chris Kirk, for example. No, I'm, I've I'm heard. joking. Yeah. No, I'm joking. You know what? You know, what's funny. I thought the name, and by the way, full disclosure, Chris Kirk's history here has not been good. I mean, it's kind of more an ownership leverage play than it is a high confidence play. So just full disclosure there. But I could have sworn the name you were going to say, Rick, was Peter Malnati. Because we talk about him a lot, and he can he can just catch fire like you read about. I mean, he doesn't really grade out particularly well, but he has done well on this course before. So that that's a guy I actually had written down that I thought you might say. So I, I like him. I think Shazrivi is fine. He's not going to be in my player pool, but that's fine. I like Kirk. I like Melnati. I like Michael Thompson, another guy that if you played him last week, he really thoroughly disappointed you. I'm just going to go back to him again. I'm not going to get off of a guy just because he disappointed me for two rounds. So Michael Thompson's another guy, and Scott Stallings is another guy who I think is you know starting to play a little bit well and has decent course history here as well. Those are those are uh, most of the guys in the seven K range I like. See, you may not know this, but he is our um, he is our average PGA Tour player, our go to <laughs> average PGA Tour player. I think I've heard that before. Great. Yeah. yeah. I got a guy I want to run by you guys. I don't know what you think, but he's caught my eye the past couple of weeks. Uh, Andrew Putnam. I feel like he's just kind of buried in this range, and he's coming off a tied 21 at the American Express, and they tied seventh last week with a 65 on Sunday. Um, he hasn't shot, I mean, he shot basically, he hasn't shot over 71 in 10 rounds. Um, so is Andrew Putnam a guy anyone's looking at? 
Um, I guess if I would ever look at him, it would be somewhere like here. I mean, he, he loses so much off the tee, but he's so great on the greens, right? Like that's his, his right. superpower is kind of the putter, which is always to me a very narrow path. But, uh, if there was ever a place where I would care about that and I care about the short game more, it's, it's here. So maybe five or six courses a year, I'd be m- more warm on, on Putnam and it would be one of them here. All yeah, right. th- that totally makes sense. I, I don't mind Putnam at all. Uh, HV three is in this range coming off a 13th place finish. He has, uh, uh, Greg, we, I think you were on the show. We did in the off season at some point, we were like, okay, which guy outside the top 100 in the world rankings could make it into like the top 30 or whatever. And Varner was my guy because I was like, you know, he has this ball striking skill set. If he figures out how to win on a Sunday, maybe it's a floodgate type of thing. And he just pops up on the first page of the leaderboard a lot. Finished 13th last week. Still love the ball striking stuff. I just don't know what to make of him at this point. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know if we're ever going to be, you're just going to have to guess. I think some weeks he's going to be on some weeks he's going to be off and there's going to be no way to figure it out outside of that. Yeah. I, I have a hard, he was the first name when I'm looking through this range, his name pops off to me. He's, he's a very popular player and for good reason. And he's great T to green he hits a ton of greens and regulation. Um, but again, I, I just, I worry about him when I put him on my teams, he seems to, let me down. He seems to be close to the cut line and just narrowly miss, or, or it seems to have a lead going into Sunday and it's a colossal fail. So uh, look, is he going to figure it out and get a, a W at some point? I think so. Um, but I'm not sure last week was enough to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going all in on Harold Varner. I just, I feel like he's just let me down too many times. And, and, and that's probably the, like, it's what Sia is saying. Don't do, you don't do that. <laughs> Somebody lets you down for two rounds. You don't do that. But this has been years of him letting me down at least two, um, not just one week. So he always is a tough one for me. Before we jump into the six K range, producer Jacob, who is just absolutely the best has gotten me the last five wire to wire winners on the PGA tour. Uh, two of these, I definitely knew if you gave me a couple minutes, I could have definitely gotten a third one. Are there any guests? We have Nick Taylor. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. Any other guesses? It, these are dating back to the last five have been, uh, to 2018. So it's the last couple of years, wire to wire winners on the PGA tour. Um, Ricky Fowler, Waste Management Phoenix Open. Justin Thomas. Not on the list. Justin Thomas, not on the list. These are, they're actually like so random, believe it or not. <laughs> Chris Kirk. I love this. Just- not Chris Kirk. <laughs> I, I love it when I know the answers to these questions and I just watch you guys try to figure it out. Greg's yeah, got one coming. Come on, Greg, you'll get one. Come on. This buddy. is, this is like, uh, like trivia all over again where you're know, just sitting the there checking off the list and Kyle and I or coach or, or, or Mark are just sweating and the palms are sweating. Did let me, I need one hint. Did somebody do it this fall? No. Love the point. If you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> I thought you were, great. I thought, I thought you were going to say something. How about this? One guy got in last minute and did it. Corey Connors. No. Oh man. You're Was on the right track. Nate Lashley. Nate Lashley got in Wednesday uh, night, went wire to wire at the 2019 right. Rocket Mortgage Classic. So those are the last two. Uh, Brooks Kepka did it at the PGA Championship. Okay, uh, yeah, that's obvious. One guy shot a 59 on Thursday and did it. Who's uh, our last 59? Or at least, not our last 59, but one of them. Our last 59 was Kevin Chappell. He did not. No, our last 59 Our last fifty-nine was Scotty Scheffler. Oh, oh that's uh, right. How can yeah. I forget? Poor, I'm sorry, Scotty. But uh <laughs> 
Kevin Chapel was funny because he didn't shoot in the 60s. He shot a 59 and cut three other rounds in the 70s. That's right. Um, and, so and it wasn't and him. DJ, DJ almost shot a 58 on Scotty Shuffler the same day. Uh, right. No, 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 no. It's Brant Snedeker at the uh, 2018 Wyndham. Yep. And then you guys, I, 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 you could have given me a million guesses. I never would have got the last one. Bryce Garnett did it. 2018 Punta Cana. There's the list. Producer Jacob has him up on the screen right now. How about that? I, I was looking at his name this week. He just yeah. he's one of those guys you go, what's he been up to? So and, and I didn't, of course, I didn't see that he uh, is one of the five most recent wire to wire winners. Uh, that's a great list. Love that list. Uh, okay, 6K range, gentlemen. And boy, if you thought the 7K range was tough, let me introduce you to the 6K range. And it is well, Bryce Garnett's here. He's $6,700. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of this, which is unfortunately going to be an issue for me, Sia, because I want a 10K guy. I probably want two guys over, I don't know, $8,500. I'm going to have to make some concessions. Although I was tweeting out last week, you know, these guys down here, they 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 do return a, a pretty decent portion of, of win equity when you look at their... Uh, at their price. So is there anybody here, anybody here that we can rely on? So last week's show, I had a guy at 6,100 that was coming off the Corn Ferry Tour that I said might be a nice little long shot play that's going to save you some money. He's priced up a little bit, but relative to this field, he's not really priced up at all. And I think he has plenty of potential. And his name, of course, is Davis Riley. So mm. I hate this range. I mean, this is like probably the worst 6K range I've ever seen. Did you see the bottom of the list, by the way? I mean, da da I mean I'm not trying to be disrespectful. John Daly's here, David Duvall. Like, there are some... There are some kind of guys we haven't seen in a long time between that 6,000, 6,300, 6,400 range. But yeah, I like Davis Riley. I think Chesson Hadley is interesting because he has been a good ball striker in the past. He hasn't really been that good lately. But again, I'm kind of like you know digging here. And I think Davis Riley and Chesson uh, make some sense. Andrew Landry, maybe. We've seen some upside with him. That's the guy that I saw. I know Greg saw Michael Kim's price. And I know Greg saw Michael Kim get a $200 price increase to $6,200. And he's made three out of four cuts, baby. Yeah, and unfortunately, that prices him out for me. Um, Two hundred dollars is too yeah. much. Yeah. Oh, now he could go out this week and and come off with a scoring record. But I'm going to give you a guy that's a a, a little story because I'm with th this range is honestly why I vehemently faded Dustin Johnson this week because I believe I mean you have to if you're going to play DJ you have to be, live in this range at some point you got to have at least a guy in the six K range I, I would I would think um, so I I don't really know where to go. So this is now where if we're going to throw blind darts, I'm going to take a guy that has limited experience. In fact, almost no experience, but I know the talent upside is there. Um, he knows it's there. He believes it's there so much so that he didn't even go to college. Uh, and it's Akshay Batia. Yeah, baby. Um, so I think Akshay has a lot of upside. And we've been seeing a lot of great stories out of youngsters out on the PGA Tour. So if I'm stuck down here, He's at 6,500. I, I think it's a really nice play. I mean, he has a top 10 on the PGA Tour this year at the Safeway Open. So um, why not? Another California golf course. I, let's take a shot at Akshay. I'm almost completely in that favor of just like, give me the guys we know nothing about. The guys that might be who are like 21 or 22 or Akshay's. I don't even think he's that, that old, uh, who we just don't have a huge sample size on Davis Riley, Akshay. I mean, Minwoo Lee, Minwoo Lee has been terrible on the European tour. He won, uh, uh, earlier last year in, in 2020. Like he has some decent upside. We saw it at the English championship as well. He's missed like five or six cuts in a row over there. But at this point, I mean, 
mean, look at some of these other guys in this range. It it, it is it is pretty ugly stuff. Um, I'm trying to find. I thought there was one more guy. Oh, how about this? Uh, Brian Gay. Brian Gay won a golf tournament like six starts ago. Think about that. All right. Brian Gay won six starts ago. He went seventh two years ago, eighth three years ago at this event. If you are going to have a course that does not overly reward bombers uh, and hitting the fairway is important and trying to catch a hot putter is important, here's Brian Gay. Thoughts, anybody? Um, you're, this is one of those answers you gave me with uh, Andrew Putt, right? If there's a course for it, <laughs> right? This is one of them. But I'm just, I'm not sure where he is after that win. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I got, I, I, I want to hear Sia's thoughts on Brian Gay. But if I can, I want to throw one other name in there because I think yeah. it could be a good play. Um, Tyler Duncan. There's been a lot of miscuts lately, but there's. On this PGA Tour season, there's three top 30s, right? Um, he was tied 28th at the CJ Cup and the Zozo back-to-back weeks and tied 23rd at Mayakoba. Um, he missed his last two cuts, but Tyler Duncan's a guy who didn't he, didn't he win last year? Was it last year or the year before? Uh, he beat, I think he, he beat, um, wet. Yeah. And well, it was in 19, but it was last year, PGA tour season. He beat Webb Simpson in a playoff at the RSM. That is right. Yes. Good job. I may take a chance at a, at a Tyler Duncan. I like Tyler Duncan. I like Brian Gay. Tyler Duncan, he's a guy that's accurate off the tee and sometimes has his iron game going. Another guy I want to throw out there who's actually the last four years that that I'm looking at right now has made the cut every time. So he appears to be very comfortable here in particular because if you measure it against everything else, bad. Rob Oppenheim. Uh, Rob Oppenheim has an eight finish here as well. Interesting. Yeah, there are there are names. That, I mean, David Duvall, John Daly, as you as you mentioned, uh, Kevin Stadler is in this field. Bo Van Pelt, Bo Van Pelt finished thirtieth last week. He's sixty one hundred dollars. I mean, I'm now just naming random names. <laughs> uh, that could be a one of those like a Scott Stallings kind of a, a generic PGA Tour player, but that's from like a like ten years ago. I feel. But I have a general question for you here, Rick, and Sia. I want to get your thoughts too. Um, when you look at a range like this, you have, cause Rob Oppenheim came up and to me, his upside, I, I feel like he's a safe, a safer play in this range, if you will, where I, I don't think he really has a chance of get coming in the top five. Um, but I do think a, a really good week for him would be a top 25, um, somewhere between 20 and 25 top 25. And, uh, and I think a bad week is a miscut, but but I could see like a T40 coming out of him. Whereas Akshay feels like he could be a really good week or a miscut and he could just eject immediately. Do you guys have a preference mm-hmm. down here? I want the I want the 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 bullet. I want I want the maybe he finishes 20th and maybe he just misses and maybe he just shoots 78, 78 and misses the cut. Uh yeah. Because I, I, I don't think you're getting because because there are no safe options, right? I mean, even the safe guys yeah. are not that safe, right? Rob Oppenheim's a safe option, right? That's happen. terrifying. <laughs> it's true. I think it depends on how realistic like the top ten is for the guy. Because I think in the seven k range, you might have a guy that actually had like Varner that has actual win equity. But in the six k range, you don't you don't really have that if you're being realistic. Maybe first round leader for like Rob Oppenheim at three hundred to one or something. But at the end of the day, I, I do kind of want this personally. I want the safer option maybe in the six k range where seven k and above. I'm thinking, hey, this guy could potentially win the thing. There are 91, let me make sure I have this counted right, 91 golfers 
under $7,000. So to put that into perspective, if every golfer $8,000 and above makes the cut, there's that's 22 of them. They all make the cut. There are 43 spots available for the final 134 in the field. I mean, there, there are guys in the 75 and much lower than that who are going to make the cut. I don't know how to find them though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it, yes. that's the problem. It's just, it feels like luck. It, there's no solid, you're a data guy, right? We're data yeah. guys. We want to have evidence and we want to know for sure that this is a good play and it's hard to find this week. Well, I think we just named them all though. I think we just like threw out like 12 names yeah. and those are definitely the 12 guys at least. And then, and then what we're going to have to do is we're going to producer Jacob cut those when one of those guys make the cut, we're going to tweet it out and be like, look, we told you everything. Um, yeah. Okay. I've never done this before. See ya. All th- just throw everything out. Tell me who wins this golf tournament. Whoa. Um, I want to go. I mean, listen, I, I like Dustin Johnson a lot, but I'm not going to answer it with, with a boring answer. So I'm going to go with Henrik Norlander. Wow. Let's give okay. him another shot. Henrik Norlander. Okay. Greg, who who wins this golf tournament? Ah, uh, man. I was going to go with Ted Potter Jr. to defend. <laughs> oh, yeah. He uh, wouldn't be defending, but yes, like to win his well, second in three years. Yeah, it's a, co- <laughs> a couple years. Man. Uh, Jordan Spieth. I knew he was going to say that. Wow. I knew it. You guys are so sick. Um, I just, I, I think that. This sets up well. I think it really sets up well. I'm not kidding. I thought I think last week was a stepping stone. I think he's riding high. I think it's for real this time. I didn't last. I didn't. I did not say the same thing after the Charles Schwab. I'll say that full disclosure. I'm not a bandwagon jump on. Just just as soon as Jordan plays well, I'm going to jump all over it. I, I really saw something last week that I think was different, and I, I think it's going to pay quick dividends. All right, I'll take Sam Burns. That's that's where we're going. Also, I, I think the nature of uh, of two courses now. When this was three courses in pro amps, it was all wonky. I still do think that two course rotations create just a bit more volatility, weirdness. That like we've like what was Ted Potter when he won this thing five hundred to one or something like that. Oh, I mean, it's got to be. But I mean, he looked wonky. he looked at at Dustin Johnson eye to eye and just took him <laughs> down in the final round. I think he beat him by three. Dustin Johnson. Oh I thought he beat him in a playoff. Oh no, you're right. He didn't beat him in a playoff. No, there hasn't been a playoff here. There hasn't been a playoff here in like a dozen years. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think he wow. beat him two and one. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> but the thing about this one that's interesting is uh, Spyglass is tough. It's most of the two go- two course rotations have. Uh, most two course rotations I'm have just a really Jacob's easy course. Comment. I know. I'm seeing uh, how many, thing. Greg? How many? How many? How many strokes would you give Ted Potter Jr.? <laughs> no, Ted Ted Potter Jr. You look at his mini tour record. You, you laugh. I know everybody laughs. It's a fun. His mini tour record is unbelievable, and I wouldn't even be making cuts on the mini tour. So yeah, I, I need. I, he almost scares me more than Brooks Kepka because you <laughs> almost feel like, okay, I can hit it with him. I have a chance, but no, he would smoke me. Uh, Ted, we love you. Uh, you would absolutely smoke Greg. You'd smoke all of us. Good luck this week. Gentlemen, good luck this week. Uh, enjoy it. Pebble Beach. Check out the iconic holes. Check out that one water hazard or Pacific Ocean. You can find Sia Najad on Twitter. Easy enough. See you in a job. Uh, Greg Ducharme, you can find on Twitter at the real GFD. You can follow me. At Rick Run Good. Producer Jacob, thank you very much. Doing all the hard work behind the scenes. This has been the first cut.
and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.